Welcome to Civil Discourse, a podcast where participants are free to share their ideas, empathize with other perspectives, and who intend to advance to a better solution to fix a societal ill. We will focus on topics that are particularly complicated. In a time where information is from sources more opinionated than ever, our mission is to find solutions and goals to accelerate the nation's progress with cultural impunity. I'm your host, Todd Furness. Hello, and welcome to today's edition of Civil Discourse, hosted by Todd Furness. Today, we're going to do something a little bit different. We've done this once before, but I wanted to do it today because I had the most amazing experience yesterday with Carmen LaBerge. Now, Carmen is a nationally known speaker, uh, teacher, writer, but she's also a radio host on uh, My Faith Radio, and it's a faith-based uh, perspective that she offers on a daily program. And I got to tell you, she just sets the, a new standard from my perspective on journalism generally. Uh, she was remarkably well-prepared, thoughtful, insightful, had already synthesized the content and had her own perspective, asked phenomenal questions. And gosh, I just, I just thought the experience was wonderful. And so I wanted to share that with you today and rather than create new content for you, I wanted to make sure that this content was available for you in case you didn't hear it live. Now, Carmen is out of Minneapolis and her reach extends across the nation and quite honestly extends across the globe with the web-based uh, applications today. But uh, again, she was just so fantastic, I wanted to share this. So without any further ado, I want to encourage you, if you like this content, to please uh, like, share, and subscribe. I also want to make you aware of one other thing before we get started. We've come out with a line of merchandise, and it's a series of ball caps and other things that, that you can purchase through my website, www.rethinking.healthcare, or off of Amazon. Uh, and the hats say the word cancel with a line around, a circle around it and a line through it, so no canceling. And on the back, it says Civil Discourse, hosted by Todd Furness. If you purchase a hat, uh, or if you rather, I should say, if you purchase a book uh, as a result of having seen this podcast, we'll give you the hat for free. So if you go to www.rethinking.healthcare and purchase the book, you'll get a hat for free. I encourage you to wear the hat and join the conversation. And now with that, I'm going to introduce you to the podcast for today and have Carmen LeBurge take it away. Thank you. Joining me now, Todd Furness, author of The 60% Solution. You can find it at the60percentsolution.com. Spell all the words out, The 60% Solution. Todd, welcome to Mornings with Carmen. Thank you so much for having me, Carmen. I'm very excited to be here. All right. Well, we have a mutual friend, um, Jim Dennison, who said uh, that I needed to talk to you. And after reading this, I thought, yeah, no doubt. So let's um, let's talk about why you have a passion and an interest in a total reform of healthcare and healthcare systems in America. And and then I want to ask you the question, are we even allowed to talk like that? <laughs> well, thank you for the reference to Jim Dennison, who is just my hero. He's such a fantastic gentleman and a scholar and a theologian. He's a brilliant guy and it's a delight to work for them. Just for full disclosure, I'm on his board of directors and it's been an amazing honor to serve him. Um, I, I'm passionate about healthcare because I like to say that I've touched the uh, 
industry from virtually every angle, and I've developed what I would call a worm's eye view of the industry, meaning kind of from the inside out. And I've seen just how much we have these passionate, mission-driven healthcare professionals and how hamstrung they are in their ability to actually deliver healthcare or how much risk they run when they try and do so. You know, I started this journey, unfortunately, with a, a sad and tragic plane crash with my mom and my dad uh, back when I was 17 years old and and uh, really started being very, very intimately involved with healthcare at that point in time and have been in and around it ever since, ranging from serving in an in the intellectual property and intellectual and uh, information technology areas, all the way out to running hospitals and trying to clean up big messes. So I've been involved in uh, in many angles of it, and even now we're you know, still involved in a bunch of claims processing issues that are unnecessarily complicated and and uh, unhelpful. So I really like to see us return to a position where people actually take more enjoyment and more responsibility out of their own and serving their own healthcare and helping doctors and nurses be able to provide that care. Your own, um, your own story related to, you know, the experience of your parents and particularly your mom is, you know, I think the heart hook for a lot of people in this conversation. And so, you know, let me just say that uh, Todd, lost his dad in a Southern Airways Flight 242 crash in 1977. And uh, and that crash resulted in a lengthy and um, really lifelong physical struggle for Todd's mom. And so there's a there's a heart story in all of this as well. The book is The 60% Solution. Um, you um, you stray from what we might call a traditional approach to you know, what kind of reforms our healthcare system needs. And you really do talk about, you know, the synergy between consumerism and compassionate care. Uh, talk about that as like it's kind of a, a, a necessary approach in the days in which we live. Like there has to be a motivation for me as a consumer to want to make this happen. Well, thank you for seeing that in the book. I'm, I'm, I'm really pleased that that spoke to you because in my view, this this relationship between the caregiver and the patient has been interrupted by government and by insurance companies. And let's just assume for the moment that everybody is well-meaning in what they're intending to do and you don't cast any aspersions on their ambitions or their goals uh, necessarily. But let's just assume that everybody's trying to do the right thing. Even if that's the case, what happens is there are unintended consequences that occur when somebody else is paying for your health care. So let's imagine you go in and you go to the doctor. First question you ought to be asking is not what's your copay and not what's your deductible, but who does your doctor work for? I mean, I'm, that's, I'm not being silly about that. I'm genuinely asking who does your doctor work for? Does the doctor work for a clinic that's independent? Does the doctor work for a clinic that's linked to to a hospital? Does the doctor work for the insurance company by virtue of their payment mechanisms? And what's happened recently that's even you know more riddled with conflicts of interest is does your doctor actually work for the insurance company because they're an employee of the insurance company? As a case in point, United Healthcare is, in its umbrella organization now employs over fifty thousand physicians. So I think there's a legit, the first question you have to ask is you know who 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 does the doctor work for and how will that inform or influence the advice that I'm getting 
from the doctor as my caregiver to me as the patient. Now, if you what you notice is that if all of a sudden <clears throat> that patient is paying for that doctor's visit or for that care directly, then everything changes. The information flow changes, the education changes, the longitudinal data relationship changes, the confidence and trust that the patient has in the doctor changes, all those things inert to the benefit of the patient-physician relationship. Yeah, and I, so I'm gonna guess that my doctor works for the hospital that is a part of the university that bears the name of, right? I mean, but I could be wrong. And so I think that's a a really interesting and provocative um, question, and I'm going to ask. Uh, And, you know, it's not like we just have one doctor, right? You know, we have a primary care physician, and then that person often refers us to other people for other things. I have to keep asking the question. Is that right? That's exactly right. And so one of the things that's happening right now with, and I'm just going to use United, not that they're a bad company, I'm just pointing it out because they've got economic interests that drive them in this direction, is United is now saying we're going to close our network to new doctors. Then they're saying we're going to reduce the reimbursements we pay to doctors currently in our network, in our network. And the reason they're doing that is because they're driving traffic back to their own employed physicians who also then will control all the referrals inside of that group. So what happens then is there are economic interests that have accumulated in United Healthcare that say we're going to drive costs and payments in a different direction that has nothing to do with the care of the patient. All it, all it does is it, it drives the profitability of United Healthcare, a publicly traded company. Hmm. All right. So we're um, we're talking with Todd Furness. The book is the sixty percent solution. You can find it at the sixty percent solution dot com. Todd is uh, is saying, look, each and every one of us uh, needs to be financially capable. We need to be educated and we need to be engaged. We're going to um, talk about the systems view that Todd takes in the book. We're going to talk about the five interconnected components of the 60% solution. That's up next here on Mornings with Carmen. All right, Todd, talk about, you know, the systems view. Like I think of, you know, the healthcare systems, but I'm not sure I thought of the healthcare system in the way that you um, that you kind of unpack it for us. Thank you. So. One of the things that's happened in lots of industries, and healthcare is no exception, is that everybody becomes so focused on their particular area of concern that they drive down deep into it and they lose perspective on the way that it it interoperates with other components of the healthcare industry. So the healthcare industry operates as a system in a way. And so the question is, how do you look at what I would call the major muscle groups? Uh, in the in that system to really make impactful change. So, the first thing we do is we say, look, healthcare right now is reactive in nature. You only go to the doctor when you have a problem. You only go to the hospital when you have a problem. And the doctors are all trained to fix problems. And so we need to reorient that. That that piece of it is not a new message to say, look, we need to move towards more preventative care and wellness. That's a, a time-honored message. But the way we engage with our primary care physicians needs to change. We need to create what I call longitudinal databases. In other words, collect data over time 
in the office of your primary care physician so that you can then um, not only pay for that directly and get the information associated with it, but also have that doctor understand you. Frequently, we go to doctors and we have three to six minutes with that physician. They don't know your name. They've never seen you before. You're in and out and you get, and the insurance company pays for it. So that's, I mean, we need to change that model and have a, a primary, a good relationship with our primary care physician. The second thing is we, our systems don't work. So accounting and IT don't work together. They're incompatible. They're frequently interoperable and not interoperable with other systems. And that allows the third thing, which is hidden pricing. Insurance companies don't pay a particular price when you go to the hospital. Most people don't realize that. What they do is they pay something called a percentage of gross bill charges. So that encourages the hospital to throw everything they can on the bill. And then the insurance company pays a percentage of that bill. So let's call it 40% of the bill. So there's and so there's no real incentive for the hospital to focus on reducing costs. To the contrary, they're focused on increasing the costs. The fourth thing is we have uh, under President Bush, uh, George W. Bush, he implemented something called health savings accounts. And these are tax advantaged accounts that allow people to save money and use them for health care costs in a way that are very attractive. So you can actually build value and build uh, a, a reserve of wealth there. And but, but we're limited in what we can use it for. And there's no correlation between your health savings account and your deductible. So we, could, we should be able to fix that so that we can change and reduce the cost of monthly premiums. And the last thing is just what I call hyper-regulation. Everything from the intervention of government into the doctor's visit to the way that we actually train and educate nurses and physicians is unimaginably regulated, and we need to cut some of that out. There's a way to think about this, Carmen, if you would. Um, most people really have a tough time. We're using these big numbers, and they don't really realize what they mean. A billion dollars just to put it more in things we could better understand, is earning $1 million for each of a 1,000 years. So when somebody says it's a billion dollars, that's not a small number, and we throw it around like it's inconsequential. The Virtually every study has said that there's at least a quarter of a trillion dollars worth of savings we could produce in this country if we just solve some of these problems. And that's before you look at the administrative issues. I, I believe it's, it's more than that. It could be as much as $350 billion. So if we fix this, we could really dramatically reduced, reduce care for everyone and make it far more accessible for everyone. Some people are always advantaged by leaving things broken. Like, right, your, your desire to fix this, um, I share. And I, um, I, share this, I share a similar desire uh, about rethinking education in the United States of America. Um, and so, and immigration. Like, I, have, I, am, I am a big systems thinker when it comes to what's broken. I also recognize that immediately when we start talking about things like this, there are any number of individuals and institutions um, who are benefited by keeping it broken. So talk about um, sort of what's required by each of us and all of us to move this conversation forward in the culture. Well, you, first of all, that's a very insightful observation you have. There are people with, who are economic stakeholders in, this, in the existing model. And the, the good news is that there will be economic stakeholders in any model. And so when we change the model, all we're doing is changing potentially the stakeholders. It doesn't mean that there won't be an economic benefit that arises out of it. And, and everybody wins if we have a more efficient healthcare system 
um, in, because the, the, the entire economy should grow and people should be more self-reliant and, and more productive. Everything should be better. We should bring joy to the world, hopefully, through this. So in order for people to change it, they've got to be active themselves. They've got to take personal responsibility and recognize that they, as an individual, can go be uh, an activist for this conclusion by taking control of their own interrelationships inter with their own physicians and other caregivers. Go to the doctor and say, hey, I'd like to have, I'd like to pay you directly for this. What will it cost? What happens if I change my deductible from, you know, $100 or $250 or $500 or $1,000 up to $10,000? And then put more, that money that I was going to spend on the deductible into the health savings account that I keep. If they just take some of these uh, little minimum, de minimum steps, these small steps, I think they can have a big impact and they can create a trend. And that's what I'm hoping to see. I'm hoping to see people rise up and say, hey, I want something different. I want more control over my own health care. I want to be personally responsible and I want government to help me not get in the way. All right. If that sounds um, really interesting and provocative to you, the website is the 60 percent solution dot com. You can also get there by just typing in rethinking dot healthcare. Um, Todd, I want healthcare systems that are here's my list after reading your book. I didn't I didn't have a list beforehand, but now I know what's on my list. I want healthcare systems that are personal, available, affordable, transparent, compassionate and proactive. What am I missing? And not, gosh, that was fantastic. Not a darn thing. You're spot on. So I want to, um, you know, I don't want to just become more educated about this. I want to, you know, I want to be engaged on this topic. And you've really supplied, um, like, this educational material that's very accessible. I would have guessed that this was a... Uh, this was an area where I would need more than one book to understand the problem and to imagine how I might help, uh, you know, bring about an absolute transformation or reformation in, in healthcare in America. But you've really put it within reach of everybody. So I want to thank you for that. Well, thank you. I, I worked really hard on making the message straightforward and also making it intentionally ideologically impure, meaning mm – -hmm. Uh, you know, we can have purity, but that's going to argue to the detriment of actual, an actual solution. Um, so I'm really grateful that you saw that in the book. And it means that uh, some of my hard work paid off. I'm really grateful for that. Yeah, it's just excellent. Um, all right. So Todd Furness, you, you've probably uh, you've probably seen him on, you know, big fancy outlets uh, and read him in big fancy papers. But he's here today on Mornings with Carmen. And we're very, very grateful for that. Uh, rethinking dot healthcare is where you can find the 60% solution. That's the name of the book, the 60% solution. And if you type out all those words, the 60% solution.com, you can find tons of really great information about what we talked about today. Todd, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me, Carmen. I'm grateful. Thanks for watching this week's episode of Civil Discourse. To learn more about today's topic or our guest, visit www.the60percentsolution.com or www.tfip.group.